Hello everyone, Joey here. First of all, I've added a contact section on joeystotallytech.com, and you know that we are looking for guests for our main podcast episodes. You can utilize that form for that, as well as for potential product reviews for us to do, sponsorships, and more. In this news and commentary episode, I'm utilizing the Fifine K670 microphone, which I will be reviewing in Season 2 of the Joey's Totally Tech episodes. If you want a sneak peek before September 14th, be sure to sign up for the Joey's Totally Tech exclusives at joeystotallytech.com exclusive, as I'll be uploading episodes early there and ad-free too. So, the big news this week, President Trump has issued an order banning TikTok after September 15th unless they are bought by a U.S. company. In other news, we've got new phones revealed, including foldables, and Nearby Share is finally launching. Apple isn't allowing Microsoft xCloud or Google Stadia in their app store. Lots of information from Intel has been leaked. Instagram has cloned TikTok, in case you're worried about that possible TikTok ban. I'll be talking about 3D belt houses. And New Zealand is trying out wireless electric power transmission. All this and more. This is the news and commentary on Joey's Totally Tech. Welcome to the August 10th edition of the Tech News and Commentary on Joey's Totally Tech. Trump has issued an order banning TikTok and WeChat from operating in 45 days from August 6th if they are not sold by the Chinese parent companies to a U.S. company. The orders do not state a certain amount of money from the sale needing to be sent to the U.S. Treasury Department which Trump has insisted on, it prohibits after the 45 days, quote, any transaction by any person or with respect to any property subject to the jurisdiction of the United States with ByteDance Limited, end quote. ByteDance is the company that owns the platform. Microsoft has said they were in talks to acquire the app after a conversation between Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella and Donald Trump. Trump has set the deadline of September 15th for TikTok to find a U.S. buyer. If TikTok fails to do so, it will be shut down. The order alleges that TikTok, quote, automatically captures vast swaths of information from its users, end quote, like location, browsing, and search history data. Trump and others believe it allows the Chinese Communist Party to access Americans' personal and proprietary information, tracking the locations of federal employees and contractors, and building dossiers of personal information for blackmail and to conduct corporate espionage. The other app banned, WeChat, allows users to transfer funds to each other. This order bans transactions with Tencent. It states, quote, any transaction that is related to WeChat by any person or with respect to any property 
subject to the jurisdiction of the United States with Tencent Holdings Limited, Shenzhen China, or any subsidiary of that entity as identified by the Secretary of Commerce under Section 1C of this order, end quote. The order also claims TikTok censored or disseminated content in keeping with the Chinese Communist Party's agenda, citing, quote, when TikTok videos spread debunked conspiracy theories about the origins of the 2019 coronavirus, end quote. Now, my thoughts on this, for one, I don't trust TikTok. However, I am not a fan of the president either. I don't quite trust him. And I find it interesting that he is banning an app, essentially banning a business, and I'm not aware of any time a president has done this before. Maybe he has, I'm not aware of this, and I'm not totally sure if this is constitutional or not. It sounds really weird. We know that the president has personal issues against TikTok, However, at the same time, there have been concerns, not just from the president, but other people as well. A few weeks ago, you may remember, we mentioned someone had reverse-engineered TikTok and warned others to stay away from the app. It had a tendency to obfuscate itself as it was being reverse-engineered. They were really working hard to hide something. And so there's a lot of concern that they were trying to spy on people or do something shady. I think if TikTok themselves don't want this ban or don't want to be sold to another company, they need to open source the app. I don't know that's going to happen. So the second best option is to be bought by a U.S. company like Microsoft, and Microsoft will be able to look at the source code once they've bought TikTok and find out what may have been going on and report it to the public if they choose to. And I find it interesting because I do not really side with Trump on most things, and I'm not sure that this ban is constitutional, but I don't blame him for this. There is a national security concern and just a general concern for security on a personal level too, as well as privacy. Let's not forget privacy. But we're talking about Microsoft potentially buying this here. They've not exactly been one known to respect privacy. They do send telemetry data from Windows 10, for example, and a lot of people don't like that. That's why some people have switched to Linux-based operating systems or even macOS, as even though macOS is closed source, Apple just has a good track record of respecting privacy and security. Google announces the Pixel 5, Pixel 4a, 5G, and Pixel 4a phones also releasing a foldable pixel according to a leaked document. The company announced the first three of these all at once. The Pixel 4a will ship on August 20th, while the other two will ship in the fall. It will be sold primarily online, and U.S. carriers will likely forego putting much support behind it due to it not being 5G. 
The Pixel 4a will be $349 and will only come in one screen size and color. And leaked documents show a device codenamed Passport is probably a foldable Google Pixel phone, which will be released in the fourth quarter of next year. It was listed in the leaked internal document that also mentioned the Pixel 5a and two other devices that could be the next Pixel 6 models. Google has confirmed it was prototyping a foldable phone ahead of its annual I.O. developer conference last year. At that time, a spokesperson said the company hadn't found a clear use case for foldable devices. Meanwhile, Android's nearby share file sharing is finally launching. The feature is already available on some Pixel and Samsung phones and will roll out to other devices over the next few weeks. This will make it easier to share files, images, links, and other content between Android devices. Users can set preferred visibility for nearby share to different levels, allowing them to stay hidden or send and receive files anonymously if desired. Nearby Share will share files with the fastest method available between devices, even when offline. The feature will not work with iOS devices, Macs, or Windows machines, but Google has plans to expand the feature to additional platforms in the future. Samsung announces the Galaxy Z Fold 2 and other news from Unpacked. The new handset was officially announced at Samsung's Unpacked event. It will feature a new camera system, a Snapdragon 865 Plus processor, a large external display, and hole-punch cameras. The front display is now a full-size 6.2-inch screen, and the main display is 7.6 inches. The folding OLED screen runs at up to a 120Hz refresh rate. They have switched from plastic for the screens to ultra-thin glass. It will come in two colors and a limited edition. More information will be available on September 1st. The unpacked event also covered the Note 20 and Note 20 Ultra, Galaxy Watch 3, Galaxy Buds Live, and Galaxy Tab S7. The Galaxy Note 20 will bring seamless Android app integration to Windows 10. This feature works with Microsoft's Your Phone app feature and aims to bring Android phones and Windows PCs closer together. Galaxy Note 20 owners can enjoy the feature. You'll have access to your Android apps through Wi-Fi on your Windows 10 PC. This feature is now available in the Windows Insider builds of your phone app on Windows 10 when paired with compatible Samsung Android devices. This also includes other phones like the Galaxy Note 9, Note 10, and S20. Microsoft demonstrated the ability to open WhatsApp alongside Instagram and Uber Eats. Android apps can even be pinned to the Windows 10 taskbar and start menu for easier access. I find this really cool. A lot of people have been wanting this ability to take their phone 
and use it on the desktop. This is one option to do it, but I don't know if this is exactly what people are wanting, but maybe some people are wanting to run their Android apps within Windows 10 that are sitting on their smartphone. We'll see how it goes. I don't know what the demand's going to be for it, but it is a pretty cool feature. Apple won't allow game streaming services like xCloud and Google Stadia on iOS devices. Though xCloud had a lengthy testing period on the platform, xCloud won't be available on iOS, neither will Stadia. And that's because according to Apple, the company requires game software submissions to be reviewed on a title-by-title -title basis. Apple gave a statement to Business Insider claiming the policy is designed to, quote, protect customers and provide a fair and level playing field to developers, end quote. They continued, quote, our customers enjoy great apps and games from millions of developers, and gaming services can absolutely launch on the App Store as long as they follow the same set of guidelines applicable to all developers including submitting games individually for review and appearing in charts and search. In addition to the App Store, developers can choose to reach all iPhone and iPad users over the web through Safari and other browsers on the App Store." End quote. Tim Sweeney from Epic Games spoke out, saying Apple has, quote, outlawed the metaverse, the principle they state taken literally, would rule out all cross-platform ecosystems and games with user-created modes, not just xCloud, Stadia, and GeForce Now, but also Fortnite, Minecraft, and Roblox." End quote. And yeah, that's going to be a pain if a gaming service like Stadia were to be on Apple's App Store. I mean, you'd have to have every single game reviewed. That's a lot of games from publishers that they can't necessarily speak for all the time. So let's say Google Stadia's position, for example, are they going to have those individual publishers submit those games for review? Or does Google have to do it? And this just makes for one or maybe multiple additional steps for Google as well as the publishing companies to get their games out there. Fortunately, with Android, there's no such problem. Google has opted you out of their voice recording program. If you're a Google user, especially a Gmail user, you may have received an email this past week to set your voice recording settings. The company appears to be returning to having humans analyze and rate anonymized audio snippets but they've taken the step of opting you out of the program. The company would like you to opt back into the program and is trying to provide clearer information about it. Google says the precise number of users getting the email is confidential, but should show up in inboxes of anyone who has interacted with a product that uses Google Voice's AI, such as Google Maps, and Google Assistant. The PDF of the email says, quote, to keep you in control of your audio recording setting, 
we've turned it off for you until you are able to review the updated information. Visit your Google account to review and enable the audio recording settings if you choose." End quote. The email links to the URL where you can turn it back on or keep it off. And we will be right back to the tech news and commentary after these messages. you like the music and sound effects we're using on the Joey's Totally Tech podcast? Well, we get the licensing for this music through Epidemic Sound. If you're a content creator creating video on YouTube or other social media platforms, or a fellow podcaster, visit bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic. That's bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic. And you can sign up for a subscription for as little as $15 per month. They have a wide variety of genres of music, as well as sound effects you can incorporate into your content. You don't have to pay royalties, you just pay the monthly subscription fee. Or you can also buy lifetime licenses to particular tunes and effects too. So if you want to use some fresh music and help support this podcast too, check out bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic and sign up for Epidemic Sound today. Early March 2020, Joey Cagle showed up in the podcasting scene with his podcast, Joey's Totally Tech. He went on to talk about cryptocurrency, unions and tech, programming languages to learn in the current epidemic, and more. That was Season 1, and in Season 2, we up the game. I'm Joey Cagle, and in Season 2 of Joey's Totally Tech, we will have more product reviews and bring in guests to the podcast. We'll take your calls on the tech line at 980-999-0835. That's 980-999-0TEK. As well as the Joey's Totally Tech community at joeystotallytech.com slash community. So feel free to ask your tech questions on either of those. On the podcast, we'll be talking about Linux terminal applications, the upcoming gaming consoles, PC games, tech careers, and more. New episodes are released publicly starting September 14th. Listen at joeystotallytech.com or get an early preview by subscribing to the Joey's Totally Tech exclusives at joeystotallytech.com slash exclusive.
and I will catch you next time. Listen on joeystotallytech.com or your favorite podcasting app. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the tech news and commentary on Joey's Totally Tech. Intel NDA Blueprints. 20 gigabytes of information leaked onto web from Partners Only Vault. Switzerland-based IT consultant Tilly Kotman published confidential Intel technical material, code, and documents related to various processors and chipsets on Thursday. Quote, they were given to me by an anonymous source who breached them earlier this year. More details about this will be published soon, end quote, Cotman wrote on Twitter. This suggests someone broke into Intel's systems and siphoned off the material. More leaks of the secret Intel documents are promised. An Intel spokesperson said the information was likely taken from its Resource and Design Center, a private library of resources for computer manufacturers and others to build systems using Intel Silicon. This center is not open to the public, and its confidential content is intended to be used to craft firmware and design motherboards compatible with their processors. Sources familiar with Intel's investigation had said the shared documents may not be up to date. It's unclear when the information was fetched from the center and no personal customer data was included in the leak. As of now, Intel does not believe it was hacked. So if it came from their library, well, they need to work on security of their library, of course. And this just adds to the problems they've been having, the legal problems we mentioned last week, as well as the seven nanometer process for their chip designs. Intel clones TikTok with new short form Reels video feature. This is a new feature from Instagram that rolled out in 50 countries. The focus is on entertaining short-form videos like TikTok. As we mentioned before, TikTok faces a ban here in the U.S. if it's not sold by September 15th. Reels offers creative tools with a 15-second limit for each mini-clip. The tools include adding audio, augmented reality effects, setting timers and countdowns for recording, video alignment, and speed editing. They can be shared publicly or made private. The feature is still being tested and may change. So I think Instagram and the parent company Facebook see an opportunity potentially with the 
possibility of TikTok disappearing if it's not sold to a U.S. buyer. We'll see what happens, but Instagram could be replacing TikTok if things just fall through with the Microsoft and TikTok deal. Amazon is investing $10 billion to compete against SpaceX in satellite broadband. The FCC approved Amazon's application for 3,236 low Earth orbit satellites for their project Cooper Broadband Service. It aims to deliver high-speed, low-latency broadband to areas without high-speed internet access. These satellites orbit at altitudes of 590 kilometers, 610 kilometers, and 630 kilometers. They will provide much faster latencies than traditional satellite services orbiting at 35,000 kilometers. The company has six years to launch half of the satellites and will have to launch all approved satellites by July 30th, 2029. It will offer service to customers once the first 578 satellites have been launched. The service will cover customers in the U.S. and other regions of the world. Disney is testing out a new early video on-demand model with Mulan. Disney plans to release Mulan on Disney Plus on September 4th. It won't be available to Disney Plus subscribers, but they will have to pay $29.99 to rent the movie on top of the usual subscription fee. Many movies have been delayed due to the pandemic, as theaters remain shut down. The movie will be released in cinemas where Disney Plus is not available. It's possible other movies may follow this model. AMC Theaters and Universal recently announced an agreement to debut some movies on home entertainment platforms within 17 days of their theatrical debuts. You know, I think a lot of people are expecting Disney to do something like this. I'm not totally sure about the price. Of course, if you're going to see a movie with two or three people, it could potentially cost that much. I know if I went to see a movie at a theater with my girlfriend, unless it's Tuesday night when they have really cheap tickets at a lot of the theaters around here, we're paying anywhere from 20 to $30 to go to the theater together. So I suppose if you've got two or more people watching this on Disney+, Plus, then the $29.99 makes sense. If you're just renting it for yourself, I'm not sure it makes sense because you could have seen that in the theater quite a bit more cheaply. However, theaters are kind of closed at the moment in most places. So maybe Disney has taken advantage of that, just like the one lonely gas station within two or 300 miles where they jack up the gas prices a whole lot. Keep in mind, this is also going to be a newly released movie. Maybe once it's been out for a while, the price for the rental will come down. A privacy tool cloaks faces to trick facial recognition software. 
The Fox tool, such as Guy Fox, you know, like the Guy Fox mask from Vendetta, it was developed to cloak images from facial recognition. It makes almost imperceptible alterations to images so they can't be recognized by facial recognition software. Images will look the same to casual observers, but even the most advanced facial recognition systems can't recognize the faces. Users can use the software to corrupt unauthorized models so they learn the wrong thing about their faces. A Tampa teenager and two others have been arrested for the Twitter Bitcoin hack. A 17-year-old was arrested for the Twitter Bitcoin hack on July 15th. Two other individuals have also been charged for their involvement. 30 felony charges have been filed against the teen. The IRS Criminal Investigation Cyber Crimes Unit found the identity of the attackers by analyzing the blockchain and de-anonymized Bitcoin transactions. Twitter said the hackers used a phone spear phishing attack to access Twitter's internal systems. 130 accounts in total were targeted, tweeting from 45 of them. Twitter has approved its security protocols in response. Researchers are their own lab rats with DIY coronavirus vaccine. The Rapid Deployment Vaccine Collaborative, or RADVAC, in Boston have mixed their own coronavirus vaccine and tested it on themselves. They claim the vaccine's simple formulation means it's probably safe. They believe if they don't promote the use of the vaccine and that they don't mass-produce it, the FDA will not shut down the project. Moderna and Pfizer recently kicked off two massive clinical trials, recruiting 30,000 volunteers each to test the effectiveness and safety of their vaccines. Cizero, or C-S-I-R-O, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, if it's supposed to be pronounced out loud at all, Scientists from that firm can grow colored cotton, removing the need for harmful chemical dyes. The researchers have added genes to cotton to make it produce its own colors. This could one day lead to wrinkle-free, naturally dyed, stretchy cotton that outperforms synthetic fabrics. It's still a few months before a full-flowering cotton plant will be produced but the results up to now are promising. This will mean the industry can stop using harmful chemical dyes and synthetic fibers that can't be recycled. I mean, that's really cool. So we won't have to use those uh, harmful dyes that uh, are of a concern. And it's much better for the environment. We don't have to worry about it not being recyclable. That's definitely a plus of my book. Backyard houses that can be entirely 3D printed. Mighty Buildings is 3D printing homes. The homes can take a total of 24 hours to build and cost as much as 45% less than buying an average house in California. The company's process automates up to 80% of the construction process. 
They use a special material that immediately hardens and can support its own weight, making it possible to print horizontally in the air. Windows, plumbing, and electrical installations will have to happen on site, and a bathroom pod is made by another supplier. The state of California has been experiencing a labor shortage in the construction industry and needs to increase housing significantly in the next few years to meet demand and lower the cost of housing. Eco-friendly 3D printed reefs could rescue Hong Kong's corals. Marine scientists at the University of Hong Kong have created 3D printed artificial reef tiles to provide a structurally complex foundation for coral attachment and prevent sedimentation. 128 reef tiles were printed and installed at three select sites in Hong Kong's Hoi Ha Wan Marine Park. Bioerosion, coral bleaching, and mass mortality events have put the ecosystem of the area at risk. Finally, New Zealand to trial the world's first commercial long-range wireless power transmission. MROD in New Zealand has developed a method of safely and wirelessly transmitting electric power across long distances. The technology appears able to move large amounts of electricity between any two points that can be joined with line-of-sight relays. The second biggest energy distributor in New Zealand, PowerCo, will use the technology to deliver electricity in remote places or across areas with challenging terrain. NMROD's initial prototype is only capable of delivering a few kilowatts of power, but can be scaled up to transmit 100 times more power over much longer distances. This will work in any atmospheric condition as long as the line of sight is maintained. A laser safety curtain is used to trigger and shut down if any object comes near the main beam. You know, this is a really exciting technology in my opinion, especially here in North Carolina. I mean, we're not doing this here yet, but we get hurricanes sometimes and hurricanes knock out the electricity, partly because trees fall down. I mean, trees will fall down in just regular pop-up thunderstorms in the afternoon, too. So it's a really good idea even for that. But I think that's great just to prevent a lot of the power failures that we have. Of course, I know with hurricanes, they'll go ahead and shut the power off at the substations to protect the infrastructure from too much damage. So that may not be totally effective in a hurricane. But with a regular thunderstorm, trees won't fall on the power line because there's no power line to fall on. And I think that is fantastic. We could get away from the old power lines and use this to transmit electricity. It's a wonderful idea. I think it's amazing. I don't even totally understand how it works all this well, but hey, it sounds like it works. 
So I think it's great that we're advancing in that area. It's probably a bit more environmentally friendly too. We don't have to worry about chopping down trees to make uh, power poles. Of course, there's a lot of places where the lines are underground too. Of course, you have other problems with the lines being underground, like when utility work's being done, someone could accidentally cut the line. Well, hey, you won't have to worry about that with this wireless power transmission. It sounds amazing. I hope it does very well in its trial and that we could use it in other places where it could be really useful. Thank you for listening to Joey's Totally Tech. Don't forget to sign up for the Joey's Totally Tech exclusives at joeystotallytech.com slash exclusive. You'll get ad-free episodes and the sneak peek of Season 2 when you sign up. We'll have those episodes coming over the next few weeks to the exclusive area before Season 2 officially starts. Oh, by the way, did I mention it's completely ad-free? Yes, that's right, completely ad-free. So be sure to sign up. You won't regret it. Thank you for listening to Joey's Totally Tech, the tech news and commentary episode for August 10th. I will catch you next time.